Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm Mike Berberich, Senior Director of Marketing Futures and the host of this episode. Today marks a special occasion as we give you the inaugural episode in partnership with the ANA Awards Program, which celebrates great marketing and innovative thinking from the industry's leading brands. Today we welcome the team behind the ANA Multicultural Excellence Awards Grand Prize winning Share for Good campaign a partnership between Anheuser-Busch InBev and David the Agency. Share for Good was created as a way to combat negative misconceptions found on social media sites about Mexican people and culture. Together with Mexican artists, filmmakers, designers, and creators, the Estrella Jalisco brand beer unleashed a tidal wave of positive, inspiring content so engaging, it actually organically changed the social media predictive search results for the phrase Mexicans are, replacing negative stereotypes with uplifting descriptions of a beautiful culture and people. All right, we've got a special treat today at the Marketing Futures podcast. I am joined by a trifecta of guests, some sitting right here in the room with me and some dialing in from afar. So let me introduce everybody, and then I'd love to know a little bit about yourself and kind of how your journey led you to here and the things that fell in place for this campaign. So joining me in the studio today is the Senior Director of Hispanic Insights for AB InBev, Jonathan Bendeski. And on the phone from David, the agency, we've got John Carlos, strategic director, and Marina Rodriguez, the producer of Share for Good. Thank you all for joining us. Jonathan, do you want to kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I'm Jonathan Bendeski. I'm currently the senior director of Hispanic Insights, as you said, at, at Anheuser-Busch, and very proud of that. A little bit myself, I was born and raised in Mexico City. Uh, I grew up there until I moved here to the U.S. around 2001 to go to college here. And basically, after college, for most of my life, I've been working with beer and alcoholic beverages. Started out in San Diego doing events, then moved to a creative agency, then moved brand. And I've been brand ever since, since 2012. And then how I'm here today is because of the great partnership we had with David and the great work that came out of it. We actually won the award for Best Hispanic Work last year at the ANA Awards. So extremely excited to be here with you guys. Absolutely. John, give us a little background on yourself. Well, I've been uh, leading strategy here at David for the last four years. Before that, I was working out west in uh, Portland at uh, Wyden and Kennedy. We're called David because we're the first name of uh, David Ogilvy. We were born out of the Ogilvy Group. And uh, the way we got here is we've been building a great relationship with ABI, uh, you know, doing everything from Super Bowl spots to uh, projects all around the globe. And we met each other coming together off of this brand, Australia, when we were trying to broaden it out and really uh, gain a foothold here in the U.S., the, uh, a new entrant in uh, Mexican lager. Phenomenal. And last but most certainly not least, Marina, can you give us a little background on yourself? Of course. So I'm a producer here at David Agency. I've been working for the last four years here at David. And I've produced a few different campaigns for, for ABI, for Budweiser, Stella Jalisco, and a few different other brands as well. Phenomenal. I want to just jump right into this. As Jonathan mentioned, we're talking today about an ANA Multicultural Excellence Award winner, specifically in the Hispanic market. Can you give us a little bit of an overview about the Share for Good campaign and then kind of what that inspiration, what led you to create this just really inspiring piece of work? I think everything started with uh, the great insight and, and great creative potential of David. They were great at bringing us a lot of provocations. 
that inspired creative ideas. One of those great ideas was this idea that they were seeing that when you would actually go into the search function of Facebook, the auto-populate part of it would actually come up with really bad results when you type Mexicans are. So one of the big pillars of everything we do within AB is starting people first. Everything we do starts with people at the center, and then from there we, we go and actually do. So that was kind of like, this is something that is affecting our consumers, something that's affecting people, and we need to come up with a solution that would actually deliver on that. So then we embark on this journey of how do we change that autocomplete algorithm? What can mm-hmm. we do? And I think one of the, the great things about this campaign in particular was that in partnership with David, we actually just took a leap of faith and went with it and say, we have to do something about it. We don't know exactly what's going to come out of it, but there's definitely something here that needs to be done. Mm. So I think a lot of kudos to them because they really drove the process and found the right people, find the right ways to do it. And at the end of this whole thing, we came up with a great case study of just what we were able to, to accomplish you know, and, and how quickly we were able to inflict real change and actually find a way to actually, for lack of a word, hack that algorithm and change the results, which was fantastic. I think from a brand standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I think it was one of the proudest achievements I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I think not just because it's such a powerful piece of content, it actually did something real. It changed something. So yeah. the outcome of it is just incredible. And then through the process, being able to work with some of the talent that we work with, being able to, to work with the talent that David has in-house, was incredibly inspiring just to to see what we were able to accomplish and do to get us there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So it was it was fantastic. Phenomenal. And you know, it's funny, and it seems, you know, it's kind of one of those after the fact seems very cliche, but trust these innovative and these like really game changing things, it always, it's that like taking that leap of faith. Time and time again, we hear that trust in other people, trust in a group, like trust that there is one mission that everybody feels genuinely about. So that's just really awesome to hear uh, that this was uh, another, it's, it's proving that truth out. But that actually touches on the next thing I'd like to talk about or ask you about is authenticity, particularly with multicultural marketing of any kind, but generally in marketing in 2020, uh, the 21st century, authenticity is the make or break quality of a truly great campaign. And, you know, from doing some of the research behind Share for Good, I saw that, you know, this authenticity came from this incredible team of creators that, you know, came together for this project. Can you talk a little bit about how that team came together? What was the thought process for putting it together? Yeah, I mean, let, let's start with authenticity for a moment because mm-hmm. I think one of the key things with authenticity, it's, it has a very broad meaning. Yes. It can mean so many different things to so many different people. So um, it's always a term that it's in the eye of the beholder of what is authentic. And not authenticity doesn't mean the same thing to everybody else. So I think going back to the pillars of AB and how we approach market is people first. So this was something that became authentic because it really had people at the heart of it. The fact that they're Hispanic was almost like an added value. The fact that they mm. wanted to do something was, was great. But we found people that were as motivated as we were to make a change. That's what made it authentic is that we selected people and again, a lot of the credit goes to David for the, the amazing casting and finding the right partners for this. It was not about social following. It's about people who actually can put a creative output in the world, something very special that brings mm-hmm. culture, 
but most of all that actually can actually make that change. And that's what makes this authentic, is it was not that we used English or Spanish, is not that it were Mexican or Americans. Those things are added values, things that you need to add the nuances to it. But it really was more that we found a common cause that we all wanted to do something about. That's what makes it authentic. Not the people, not the language, not those things, is the topic. The mm-hmm. fact that it's a human first insight, that it's a human first problem that you're trying to solve for with other people. Yeah. And that's, that I think is like the, the really thing that makes this special. Mm-hmm. versus trying to go for authenticity for the sake of authenticity, right. that it's always going to mean something else. Right. So from our end, I think also authenticity was we didn't want to fake it either. So, you know, it would be very easy to use technology. And, and so it's, it is sort of the perfect storm of using people to solve a problem, but also a problem that has got a technological angle to it, but it's actually feeding off of what behavior people are doing because it's built off an algorithm. An algorithm is built off of people's behavior, what they're posting, what they're searching for. So for us, I felt as though it would be inauthentic for us to cheat the system in some manner to use bots or something like that. If we're correcting human behavior, we need to course correct it with other human behavior. So that's why we chose this path. And, you know, going back to the trust, we didn't know exactly what it was going to take at the beginning. It was just sort of a spark of an idea. And, and when we were in the room together, we, to everyone's credit, we was like, there's something here. We don't know exactly how to do it, but we're going to go through this together. And so then we started doing the diligence of, okay, well, how's that going to work? How's it, how's Facebook feeding this? What populates it? How do we actually sort of put our own content in that stream? So it was very much a, a, a process together in that route. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can just see the passion behind the content. And yeah, this was going to live or die with the diverse and really compelling portfolio of content that the team put together. And for my friends over at David, the agency, I would love to hear about the members of the team and some of the most inspiring and innovative content that was created for this, because it really did seem like a wildly diverse formats and, and styles that kind of came together for this. So the people that we casted for, for this project, they were all either uh, Mexican-Americans or Mexicans living in LA or in California, but most of all, there were people who cared about the cause and who were like also not happy about how, how the algorithm research results were, were showing. So we try to explore all of these creative people and see what type of different assets they could bring to the table. We had, uh, I believe, five or six creators. Uh, the first one was Jessica. She is an inter- interdisciplinary artist and a producer and a filmmaker and a director. She does everything. Her idea was to have approached some Mexican-Americans and just you know, put a camera in front of them and literally say Mexicans are and let them fill in the blanks with, you know, first thing that came out of their mind. And she died with a few different people to, to see, you know, what what comes to their mind because coming from a Mexican-American, you're not going to get those those negative terms. She created a lot, a lot of those, interviewed a lot of people and also created a website that we, we also shared in our campaign. We had Mike who's a digital media designer and an animator. He created some collages of also Mexican-Americans and American people around Los Angeles and the area that he grew up in. And some few words that stuck to, to these people as far as like fuerte or any strong characteristics that these people brought to the table. 
We also had Alexandra. Alexandra is a visual artist and a graphic designer. She is Mexican and she has been living in the in the U.S. for a while now. What she wanted to do is she actually drew portraits of strong Mexican women that she knew herself and created gifts out of it. And although both her and Mike had, you know, this portrait or collage type of art, they look completely different when you see them together. And they all just, they just makes complete and cohesion. We also had Aysen. Aysen is an artist, an animator, and a designer. He did a 360 animation of a Mexican market with all of the peculiarities and the things that make it very traditional and characteristic of those Mexican markets. And you could see that on your phone and it kind of interactively experience it. You could see it on a website. Our final hero cast uh, was Matteo. He's a writer, a comedian, and a content creator. He came up with some one-liners uh, that we could share kind of in a template of a meme, but not exactly a meme, but something that is very quick to read and, and funny and entertaining and shareable. So he created quite a few of those, but he also created one of the key assets for our campaign, which was our uh, manifesto. Our manifesto is a big summary of everything that we, we wanted to do and we wanted to accomplish about this campaign, which is all about positive action. Let's not be bitter. Let's have an impact with, with the things that, that we do is we stay, we post, and just, you know, have, have a positive outcome out of it and have a positive effect on everything. Yeah, so, I mean, the process was bringing this diverse group together, a ton of energy that just happens when you put people that have such artistic backgrounds in a room and, and creating and and then we just kind of you know set them on the path and the problem and, and then just sort of documented the whole endeavor we didn't want facebook to shut it down so we sort of did it behind the scenes without the knowing just organically posting along the way and i think what we saw in the initial results of the time that we started to overtake and change all the actual results, it was a matter of weeks, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, going back from how the process went, we started sharing, that took like two or three weeks. And then I remember when I got a call the first time, like, I think we did it. Like we just had, just one Mexicans are inspiring, inspiring. And we saw them like, no, we did it. Like, for real, everybody got so excited as it was going through. And it was like an amazing experience. And then, you know, after a short period of time, which was maybe five weeks after, we were able to change all of the completion results for Facebook, but also show uh, change the links that show up when you just click Mexicans are and the content that, that gives you as, as like, you know, the first things that you see. So all of that was, you know, it was extremely gratifying process to be part of. Yeah. And I'm happy to say we, I just checked again today and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just phenomenal. And yeah, I can imagine the excitement of kind of watching the threshold get hit. I'd love to take a second and kind of, if you could break down the steps. I know that you just, you mentioned that it, it you know, content led, kind of had to do it organically so that it wouldn't send up any red flags. But like, how was that strategy laid out and executed? It had to come from multiple accounts in order to impact because that's the way the algorithm works. So first it was about, dissecting, okay, what what feeds this? What feeds this system? And then saying, okay, how do we need to implement this in order to change it? So what we found early on was, okay, it's not enough for us to just post everything from, say, Australia. 
from a strange account and have and make an impact because it's only effectively it's a lot of content but from one person we need it to be multiple people so that's why we had to have a lot of different posts coming from multiple different pages in a sense we had to figure out how do we hack this and then from there it was it was made natural okay we've got all these artists all right now we need to fill it so fill it with the, the work that's going to make the impact and then ultimately get shared did each piece of content like tie in the Mexicans are, you know, what, like, how did you directly start to kind of infiltrate that auto, autofill? This is something that at the beginning we didn't even know if it was going to be possible or not. Mm-hmm. So we just started, like, creating a lot of groups, a lot of pages. All of our hero cast, they started posting on their own social media, things like that. We also had some digital, I'm not going to call it influencers, but we also had some people, Mexicans, Americans, or that cared about the cause, start sharing. And then once, you know, these people start sharing, their connections start sharing, and, and then it kind of like exponentially grows in that way. We did not use bots or, or any type of anything like this to, to let's say, cheat or fake the, the yeah. results. But connecting it back to the initial line that Mexicans are, and essentially, yeah, I had to give them a brief that was, that's the brief, which is, you know, create content that start, that begins with Mexicans are, and then whatever positive expression you want to, want to give so that we're overtaking the negative ones that are auto-filling at this moment. And one of the key things here to build on that is this is that part of the leap of faith. Like, we yeah. didn't know how we are going to yeah. do it. We just started doing it. A lot of it was trial and error and mm-hmm. just try new things. And then I think the amazing thing for all of us, talent and everybody involved in the project, was really that after six weeks, we did it. And it wasn't that hard. That's crazy. Which was the, the craziest part. You know? mm-hmm. and there was really no way to know how to change the autocomplete part of the search. Mm-hmm. And we just started doing it, created the content, and, and did all the steps that we did. But a lot of those were just trial and error and just trying new things. And then we did it. <laughs> which was kind of like a very eye-opening thing because in reality, I don't think anybody went in and was like, oh, we're definitely going to do it. Right, right. It's like, we can start something here. We can start a movement. We can start something we can feel proud about. And then six weeks after, it was done. That's just incredible. And you can really see the overview video for this particular case study. The energy jumps off of the board, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it is really that you found this hero cast of people who were passionate about this and were probably active in making and creating in this area regardless. So it's just, the word manufacture absolutely isn't the right one here, but that you were able to set the stage for something organic and passionate and positive and that it actually did go viral, for lack of a better word. That's just really inspiring and just kudos to all three of you and everybody who was involved with this. So six weeks in, things are turning. Now all of a sudden we've got a full positive, empowering autofill for Mexicans are. What has the response from consumers been? Overall, everything we've seen was incredibly positive. We were targeting the right people. We were using the right influencers to share the content. So all the, all the comments, every single post that we put out there, the feedback was incredibly positive. Now, at the end of the day, it just shows that, that the passion and the understanding of the consumer and doing something that matters really was the, the key here. So everything was really, really surprisingly positive. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where did the brand play a role in this? I know that it's the beautiful, like, you know, 
we're trying to take some bitterness out of the world, and that kind of perfectly ties into, you know, the product differentiator of Estrella Cerveza. But, like, how did you toe that line of giving the brand lift, making sure people kind of understood that you were a player in this without forsaking this passionate and this really genuine positive goal? goes back, I believe, and, and John, please jump in here at any time, but I think it goes back to the brand actually standing for something that matters mm-hmm. and, and establishing their real connection with, with real people and something that they care or that actually impacts them. At the end of the day, what we do as marketers today is a game of relevance. We need to be relevant to our consumers. We need to be able to connect with them. How would we expect them to, to listen to us if we don't listen to them? At the end of the day, I think that's what it comes back down to, is this is something that mattered to them. This is something that mattered to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for us, you know, when we were trying to depict this, it was about the brand showing up organically within this. And, and you feel that in the video. It just felt very natural. These are the sort of conversations that people are having, talking about culture or talking about their culture and, and how they exist within the, the greater one. And so that's a natural conversation you would have over a cerveza like Australia. So it felt like that's, you know, it was a natural integration for the brand to be in there. But on top of that, also to stand for something that, and, and really flip that in from uh, just the conversation to action. This has just been phenomenal and uh, just great to hear about what went behind the scenes and that this came from such a genuine, really positive place. So now I'm going to shift to the podcast a little bit. We ask all of our guests, three questions, kind of no matter what topic the podcast is on, but this in particular, this first question, we'd kind of be remiss to not ask. I'd love to hear a little bit from everybody, but what are your feelings on diversity and inclusion? Honestly, it's just good for business. In today's world, like without diversity and inclusion, you're just not connecting with with people. Say from my end, I think diversity and inclusion to me is a reflection of truth too much either try to over-exaggerate the negative or maybe idealize the positive. But I think in, in some respects, it's about how do, you, how do you depict truth and get to meaningful conversations off of that? I guess to build on that, for, from an individual level, um, if there is no diversity and inclusion, everything is, you know, just like your surrounding is. And you're not exposed to, to different ideas, to different thoughts, to different people or cultures or anything like this, and you're only going to know what's around you. So... For me, that's the key thing of diversity and inclusion is just learning about what the whole world is like, and it's not just your own little bubble. All right, so this is the question that typically trips up our guests. What is your favorite album of all time and why? I'm more of a single guy. <laughs> so, yeah, we actually had this talk that uh, Spotify is kind of your music coach. That's today, yeah. Uh, the, my favorite album today is the Spotify algorithm. The Spotify algorithm. <laughs> Whatever they put in place, it's good. Yeah, it's got better musical taste than 90% of my friends, so I will agree with you on that. Donna Marina, do you uh, have favorite albums of all time? And if so, why? Why is that album it? I keep going back to like the classics, the Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti, or something like that. I can mm-hmm. listen to that over and over again. I'm also a slave to the algorithm, so I, I very easily get... Let Spotify take me for a ride. Yeah, I mean, I'm a millennial. I guess I could say a couple of albums, but like to say that I have one that is going to be the one that is Mark of all time, I, I don't think I can say that. And this is the hard-hitting question. This is, this is you know, journalism with a capital J here. Pick one. If you were to have to pick one, I'd let you change your mind tomorrow. But today, 
what would your favorite album of all time be? The one that I can listen at any point, at any time, is just, uh, it's a Brazilian one, I'm Brazilian. Mm -hmm. It's always like, whenever people start listening, they are always get excited and it's good energy. I don't remember the name of the album per se, but it's a 2004 one by Yvette Sangalo. Yvette Sangalo. I'm checking it out. I'm going to change this question just a little bit. What did Spotify suggest to you most recently that you're like, oh, that's pretty great? Uh, <laughs> I, was, I usually ask what you're listening to now, but the answer is uh, what Spotify serves up. So are there any particular things that Spotify served up for you lately that really caught your ear? Mine was totally random. It actually was the a song from the first Shakira album. All right. Yeah, back that up works. on Spanish. <laughs> Deep cut. Mine served up like a really random Devo song that I was like, oh my, I've never heard this before, but it was amazing, so. <laughs> I, I usually just listen to the ones that I have saved, so I don't think I, I let Spotify show me that much. So what I've been listening a lot right now is just a lot of Bossa Nova covers. So I just click Bossa Nova playlist, and yes, I don't know any of them, but I guess in that sense, Spotify is serving me. If we check Bossa Nova covers, there's a lot of good songs in there. Phenomenal. I'm going to reach out to Spotify. I think we should be getting a check for this. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so, so much. I am in the studio with Jonathan Bendeski and on the phone, John Carla and Marina Rodriguez. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. This has just been a lot of fun and a really great conversation. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. This is the Marketing Futures Podcast, and you heard it here first. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. If you have an idea for a future episode, pun intended, shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. For more information about the ANA Awards Program and to find out how you could be our next grand prize winner, go to ana.net slash awards. And lastly but not leastly, for the latest on marketing trends and innovation, head on over to ana.net slash futures.